ready to be encouraged and equipped for the authentic life of victory God has prepared for you. Welcome to Real Victory Radio with your hosts, Amy Elaine Martinez and Latan Roland Murphy, two friends, both devoted wives and moms who have a passion for Jesus and huge hearts for the broken. Amy Elaine is an inspirational speaker, author, and Bible teacher. Latan is an award-winning author, sought-after speaker, and Bible teacher, too. Get ready for some real talk about real life and answers to how you can be courageous and live in victory. Now, here's your hosts, Amy Elaine and Latan. Welcome to Real Victory Radio. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez. And I'm your other host, Latan Roland Murphy. On today's show, we're going to be talking about clinging to the vine. And Latan had the greatest image of Tarzan and Jane, like, flying through the forest and hanging on to the vine and she is not going to let go for dear life she is going to hang on and that is what we talked about last week when we talked about abiding in that dwelling place that god has so graciously given to us we he talks about that in john 15 1 through Eight. We talked about the dwelling place last week, and today we're going to continue our conversation into the rest of that chapter, starting with verse 9, going through the end at 27. We want to just encourage you to go back and listen to the previous couple of shows, because these are all tying together, and it's got a theme that's going on, and we have some exciting news to share with you at the end of the program today about going forward with this program and going forward with this thought process, because we are loving where we're at in the Word right now. It's really speaking to both Latan and I, and we are going to get started talking about clinging to the vine. Latan, did you have any wrap-up notes from last week or the week before that you wanted to kind of add in before we get started and read some of the scripture? I loved how we talked about how God grafts us in as family, as children, um, and invites us to participate in all that he is. And we talked a little bit about how Gardner would graft uh, a piece of some other living entity into the the uh, base of a plant and how it's sealed there so that they can grow together and they can become one and all that was in the original plant becomes uh, part of the one that is grafted in and that's how our love with Jesus is as we uh, accept him as our savior we accept all that he is and we are nourished by his holy spirit um, and we are able to produce fruit that we could never, ever experience good things in our lives that are lasting things, not just temporary. It was such a good conversation, Amy. It really was. And I love how you just brought up the word seal when he grafts us in, he seals us because the one of the scriptures that I found when I was looking at clinging to the vine and what that meant and what other scriptures tie into that was found in song of songs eight five and i didn't even share this with you but um it says who is this one look at her now she arises out of her desert clinging to her beloved and then Mm -hmm. verse six says fasten me upon your heart as a seal that is abiding that is exactly what we talked about last week and then in verse seven it says set of you know it talks about the fire and that is in our hearts there's a fire set that we can follow him and stay connected that passion grows and 
in verse 7, it goes on to say, at some point, it won't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. But that because we've been sealed, because we have been grafted in, because we are dwelling and abiding. Oh, so good. It's so good. And, and in verse 9, today we're going to pick up on John 15, uh, starting with verse 9. And I love how he starts out with verse 9 saying, uh, uh, telling us about his love for us. And it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So this little piece right here follows up with what you just said, that we have been grafted in. We have been sealed by all that he is. The Father's love is now our love. And it's our love because Jesus, in he willingly gave it to us. And he willingly gave himself up on the cross so that we could have this indwelling presence of and abide in him and he abides in us. It's now a partnership together where all that he is becomes all that we are if we continue to remain in him and to abide in him as his children. It's a progressive growing experience because his love instructs us towards life-giving properties, Amy. And I just love that so much. And he follows it with, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So that means, you know, when we want to be nasty and say the ugly, terrible thing, um, when we want to have an attitude and blow the horn in traffic and and wave our hand in the air at the person who cut us off and um, particularly maybe even a finger in the air that's inappropriate, you know, honestly, we just have to be that real about what it looks like in our lives. So if we want to apply these scripture verses, we really want to learn how to appreciate the Father's love that he's given to us. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come. And then we can continue because we are grafted in to experience the fullness of all these life-giving properties that are part of God's heart that has been given to Jesus and then given to us. And um, then he goes on down in verse 11, Amy, and he says that he wants us to, uh, in verse 10, he says, I want you to keep the Father's command so you can abide in my love. And then verse 11, he says, because your joy can, my joy, the fullness of my joy can be in you. And that word fullness means complete. That means there's no gaps. It means there's nothing lacking. That is true love. The Father's love is that kind of love where it's a complete love where he wants to fill us. He doesn't want to just indwell us and abide in us like we talked about last week. He wants to fill us with all that he is to the overflow so that we can be life givers and producers. I think Isn't that's that so true. And it is amazing. And in that overflow, he does, like you were saying, it's not just that he wants to fill us. He wants us to overflow so that people will recognize him in us. And when I was looking up definitions of clinging, one of the definitions talked about it being like a garment fitting closely and hanging, showing its shape. And that is exactly what clinging to the vine does for us. It keeps us close. It makes us look more like Jesus. And then we begin to overflow. And that is where the world gets to see what Jesus looks like. And we do want that to look good. And you are not kidding. I think sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do is be silent when we want to lash out or uh, do some of the other things that you suggested earlier. And it's in the overflow when the spirit overflows. It's not of us. It's him. 
and it's beautiful. It's so him. And in verse 12, he follows it up with telling us to love one another as he has loved us. And then he says in verse 13, lay down our lives for our friends. Now, that doesn't mean we'll literally have to die for them. But it does mean sometimes that we lay our schedules to the side and maybe make the casserole and deliver it to the person going through chemotherapy. Or, or perhaps we lay our lives to the side and we go and help someone work on their car for the men that are listening. And someone who is elderly who can't mow their grass anymore or maybe maybe they're sick or they have arthritis and their hands won't work properly. We lay ourselves down for the sake of someone else because of this love and these life-giving properties that God has gifted to us. This is the fruit of our lives overflowing in completeness. And we find joy in it, like it says in verse 11. And then he says in verse 14, I am a friend of God. And if I do what he commands me to do, that if I do, that's the contingency. If I do, what he commands me to do, I am a friend of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be BFFs with God. I want him to be my best friend forever, Amy. And um, I know that all he, as all that he is, I still haven't discovered. And I don't think in our lifetime we could fully understand all that he is. But I certainly want to spend my dying breath learning more and more so that I can experience more and more of who he is. And so verse 15, he says, no longer are we servants. He says, servants uh, doesn't, a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And so you guys, we've been included in knowing and participating in things that we could never experience if we were on the sidelines, on the kingdom sidelines. He's invited us into the kingdoms, into the kingdom of heaven by grafting us in as his children and he makes known to us all that his son is, the father lets us know and participate in. Uh, verse 16, he says, we're chosen, that he chose us and he appointed us to go and to bear fruit. And that uh, whatever we ask in his name will be given to us and that his name is truth. So we we said last week that this verse can stumble people up because we want to say, you know, I, my prayers didn't get answered. But what this means is now that we've been grafted in and in this oneness relationship, we're we're actually part of the vine and he is in us as the branch. And we are now one entity thinking with one mind. Then his truth becomes our truth. And when we don't get the answers to prayer, that we trust the vine because he is the one producing life, that even in death, he is producing life, Amy. And then he says in verse 17, to love one another. Um, we're going to talk more about that later, right? Um, we are going to talk verse, about that. But you yeah. know what? I do think that verse 17, this is my command, love each other, b brings us to the second part of this whole uh scripture passage that we're reading today because we're to love each other but what happens in this next half of the uh end of this verse uh 18 through 27 is that god talks about how the world doesn't love us back so mm. often mm. that we are to, called to love but the world is going to hate us and that comes from just like we the remaining in his love requires the obedience and following the commandments so that we get the overflow and the joy and it makes us look more like jesus this part is also making us more like jesus because he says that the world hated him and they will hate us yes. too 
Yeah, it's that's heavy. tough, isn't it? It is tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we experience the hard parts. We have to understand, though, that we can have that fullness of his joy even when we are not loved or liked. Um, we can have that fullness of joy that we talked about in verse 11, even when the world hates us and strikes out at us, and even when we go through trials and tribulations with coworkers, with our boss, with whoever. This is when it really matters most, you guys, what kind of fruit is going to be on display and we're excited to um, dive in more to this this topic. Absolutely. You know, um, I think in verse 18, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. God always goes before us is what that says mm-hmm. to me. And it keeps uh, in 19, it says the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And that... This is so crazy powerful. It really is. It's so powerful. And what I think we have to know in this is that we've been called to be set apart, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Rejection is inevitable. If Jesus had to go through persecution, if he had to go through rejection, if he had to experience the hate, then we will too. Because by coming together in the suffering with him, we are more like him. And that's hard. That's a hard topic. But what it does... Amy, you remember, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interjecting here because I just love your thinking there. It's kind of like your marriage, you know, uh, our marriage relationships. When you become one with your partner, when your husband is hurting, doesn't it hurt you? It hurts you so much, you know, to see him suffering and to see him persecuted. You feel it on such a deep personal level. And that's how God feels when we are suffering. He, We're now one with him because we've been grafted in. So the bad things that happen to us, it's like it's happening to him first. Yeah, because he has absorbed all of our pain into himself. And he showed us that on the cross, you know, and I don't know about you, but I have worked with people in the past where I'm thinking of one woman who I worked with that did not like me and made it her personal goal to torment me every day at work. Um, I don't know if you have anybody in your life like that, and perhaps the listeners do. And I hope this encourages them today to know that God is with them and that he says he's your friend. He tells us all the things up above this verse about being persecuted and suffering in the world. He tells us that he'll be with us, that he's chosen us, that he's a friend. He's our friend and that we've been grafted in and that he would give us a joy that's a joy that's complete, not a half full glass, but a whole glass that's overflowing. I think that's so good. One of the notes that I wrote down in studying was that he at the towards the end of the chapter in verses 26 and 27 he reminds us again of the advocate it's like he really really when when god's word repeats something it means he wants us to know it he wants to make sure that we fully get it and he again talks to us about the advocate that is coming and the spirit that is coming the the holy spirit that he was talking about sending which we now have because we are on this side of the covenant and after Jesus' death, the Spirit came. The Spirit is our connection to the Father's heart. 
is what Mm -hmm. he's saying in this scripture. He says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. And what he says there is that the connection, the spirit is our connection to Jesus and to the father, to the father's heart. And like you said just a moment ago, the result of that is this overflowing joy. Overflowing joy is possible in the middle of the hard places of life. It really Um, is. It really is. And the more we center ourselves on this indwelling presence that we've been talking about, on this abiding force, on this kingdom participation process that we get to be included in, this overflow of all that he provides to us pushes everything else out. All the yucky responses and all the angry responses just don't seem that important anymore. They really don't. I really want to, we're, we're going to stay talking about this, but I really want to encourage the readers to go back and read John 15, like we talked about last week, and all, all of the rest of it that we're talking about this week. But y'all go read 16 because it's so good. And the headline above some of that is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's so good. He in us produces such beautiful things, such beautiful fruit. And that is what we want the world to see. And though they may not love us for it initially, many will be won over to knowing his love and they need it so desperately. The world needs us to bear this much fruit and show ourselves to be true disciples because they need him so desperately. So true. I need him desperately. I do too. (laughs) We've needed him this last couple of weeks. I know we both have been just crazy busy and so many things going on in our lives. And it is, you know, it's not always a place that we need him in total crisis. I need him every single day. Every day. Every day. And in the crisis, too. (laughs) For sure. No worries. You know, this has been such a great conversation. It's been chock full of all that we've talked about in the word in us two shows ago and then the the dwelling place that we talked about last week and now we're talking about clinging to the vine and all that that brings out and all that it gives us and i know that we are talking about with all this talk about fruit and clinging to the vine and uh, abiding in the vine and god is the the gardener the father the gardener of our hearts that we are going to talk, we have a new show topic that we're going to talk about next week. And I want to kind of talk about that a little bit right now, just to give the listeners an idea of where we're going with this. This has stirred us up so much that it's made us ready to talk more about it. So we're going to be talking about the fruitful life next week. And we're going to be talking about Galatians 5.22. And what's the other scripture that we're talking about? First, First Corinthians 13, oh, the love right. chapter. <laughs> the love chapter, that's right. We're going to be talking about this. We've talked about the love being in us and the love that God wraps around us by being in us that allows us to go out and love other people. And now we're going to jump into talking about all the fruit and everything. We want to be people who bear much fruit after we're reading this scripture, don't we? I, I do. I'm I am so amazed at how 
I've noticed verses here that apply to circumstances of my life that I am in need of these reminders, Amy, that I'm a friend of God in this season, that he chose me, that he loves me, that he's going to equip me, and that sometimes we think we chose him, but he says in verse uh, 16 of chapter 15, that John 15, that you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. It means when we are centered on doing his good work, when we're centered on being grafted, we're hearing his voice clearly. We are not going to be running around in circles like I have in times in my life where I I was doing good things, but maybe they weren't the things that my father was directing me to do. So when we become in step with him, then he can tell us, I want you to do this. He whispers it in our spirit. We'll have a knowing because his truth lives within us. And he will help us to love the world to a higher truth by the fruit that we are displaying, this fruit that we have on display that is connected to the vine, to the root system that is life-giving. I just, I want to know more. I want to know more. I do too. And Latan, we've talked a lot about the world and love and what that looks like, but I want to give one phrase that I found when I was looking up clinging and it says, there's a phrase actually that says clinging to the vine and it's a person who is submissively dependent on another. And I loved, I couldn't believe it was just, I Googled, you know, uh, clinging the word clinging and that phrase came up clinging to the vine, a person who is submissively dependent on another. And that is exactly what clinging to the vine means. We lay our ways, our thoughts down and pick up his because his is like you talked about the better thing. It's he wants the best for us. And when we are dependent on Jesus, then that's exactly where he wants us to be. That is that's humble. That's being humble. It, it is. And, you know, Jesus made the first choice and we get to make the second choice. Like, what are we going to do with him? How are we going to reveal his love and and the fruit that he supplies us to be able to produce? Because it, it really is his doing. If we have any goodness in us, it's all from him. And how are we going to do that today is my question. How how do I want to spend the rest of this day and what can I do that brings him glory? That's so good. I think that that's so important. And I think I just want to pray right now for the listeners to be able to spend the rest of their day bringing him glory. What does that look like? And how do we do that? We can only do that by clinging to the vine. So Father God, I ask that you would help us to cling to you like that garment and that you would wrap yourself around us and that we could hang on to you for dear life. Those of us who are going through the hard times and need you desperately, or if we're just in the midst of the day, folding laundry or listening to a toddler or wrestling out what the rest of the day looks like or our marriage looks like, whatever that looks like for you today, listener, I am praying for you. We are praying for you together today to cling to the vine. And God, we know that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. We can, we 
can live in that promise because your word tells us that you will draw near to us. It's such a beautiful thing. And we just thank you for the opportunity to share this word, your word, with the listeners today. We pray for them. We pray that you would bless their day. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the true vine and that we can cling to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Latan, that's been such a great conversation, and we are about out of time. I want to remind the listeners that they can always contact us at gocourageously.org. No, let me say that again. Gocourageously at realvictoryradio.org. Please get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you and tell us how you are clinging to the vine. Tell us how you are living the victorious life because of maybe something you've heard here or that we pointed to in the in the word because we always want to do that point to the word we're going to end today's show with john 16 33 be courageous for i have overcome the world take heart this is why we tell you each week go courageously and live victoriously thanks for making real victory radio part of your day We hope you were encouraged by today's episode of Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez and Latan Roland Murphy. Go to amyelaine.com to find out more about Amy's ministry, including her book, Becoming a Victory Girl. And go to latanmurphy.com to learn more about her award-winning book, Courageous Women of the Bible. Real Victory Radio is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Check out the Victory Movement for ways you can partner with us to reach listeners with the power to go courageously and live in victory. Please join us again Saturdays at 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Real Victory Radio.